Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Welcome to this first episode of Season 2 of Born of Wonder, the podcast. My name is Katie Marquette, and on this podcast we explore things that inspire us, beautiful things, um, literature, theology, uh, art, nature, just everything that inspires a sense of wonder, expectation, and awe in the world. You can find uh, uh, more about the podcast, more essays, more about me at bornofwonder.com. And if you're new to the podcast, you can go on back and listen uh, to season one, episodes one through ten, and uh, get caught up, but you can pretty much start wherever. Um, I've been on a bit of a maternity leave. Um, our daughter Josie was born uh, about almost exactly three months ago now, uh, growing very fast, um, starting to uh, become a real chatterbox like like me, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, at certain points, you may hear her on the podcast every now and then. She's gotten into shrieking, um, which apparently is a good sign for communication, but not so good for um, podcast recording. So uh, I'm I'm learning how to podcast with a baby. Um, my goal is to have two episodes a month, one every other week. So um, that's the goal. Um, keep in mind, though, that I do have a very, a very young baby, and uh, I'm doing my best to to keep going here um, with my audio work because I think it's important and it makes me happy. And I hope that um, that you all are excited to explore some new topics this season. So the first topic I wanted to explore is sleep. And maybe that's just because that's really what's on my mind with a new baby. But um, when you have a baby, you will notice that suddenly everyone becomes really, really interested in, in sleeping. How are you sleeping? How is the baby sleeping? Are you sleeping? Why are you not sleeping? Should you sleep train the baby? Should you not sleep train the baby? There's just lots of questions about sleep. Um, and uh, I also simultaneously have been commissioned to do a radio piece on night. Um, and so I'm thinking a lot about this, especially when I'm up at two in the morning uh, nursing the baby. I'm thinking a lot about sleep and uh, how I'm not getting it. <laughs> um, actually, it's a, a kind of amazing how um, adjusted I've gotten to this new schedule. And I think it's because actually the way that I'm sleeping or not sleeping right now has a lot more in common with the way that our ancestors slept before um, before electric light, uh, before industrialization. Um, so research suggests that sleep patterns are really vary across cultures and across time. Um, and the biggest difference is between um, societies that have a lot of artificial light and ones that do not. So the primary difference um, seems to be that in these pre-light cultures, um, there is more broken up sleep patterns. And there's definitely a first half of the night and the second half of the night, sleep one and sleep two. There isn't this long extended uh, sleep over, over the course of the night. Uh, so people without artificial light um, go to sleep far sooner um, after the sun sets, but then they wake up a lot throughout the night. 
um, and sometimes even stay up for a couple hours in the middle of the night. I'm certainly not doing that. I'm getting up nursing for 10 minutes and going right back to bed as soon as long as uh, as long as baby Joe is cooperative, which um, most of the times, thank goodness she is. Uh, so, so in these societies, uh, the boundaries, you know, between sleeping and waking are a lot more blurred. And I think there's something really poetic about that. And there's something poetic about being up in the middle of the night. I remember one time um, when I was a new Catholic and I went to adoration in the middle of the night. And if you don't know what adoration is, it's um, Catholics believe that the Eucharist um, communion, what you receive at communion is the body and blood of Christ. So there's sort of a meditative reverent time when you, uh, when you spend time with the Eucharist, it'll be displayed in a monstrance, um, and the idea is that somebody should always be there, um, be there with with the exposed Eucharist. Um, sort of, if you think about the story uh, b- before Jesus's crucifixion, of when Jesus was was sleeping, um, you know, or not sleeping rather, when Jesus was staying up the night uh, before, and he asked his disciples to keep keep watch with him and none of them could stay awake and he said can't one of you stay awake with me can't one of you stay up with me so this idea of staying up with with god with jesus um and i just remember this bizarre peace and just this strange feeling of being in a crypt uh during adoration at three in the morning um it's just really amazing bizarre feeling and then and if you think about the the veil between um sort of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and between the natural and the supernatural and all these things that are that that seems so definitive at, in the light of day that seems so stark and um and exact in the daylight uh suddenly at night uh and especially in the middle of the night uh seem seem much much less clear things seem seem like it almost seems like anything could happen so there's sort of this romantic idea uh that's that's pervading my ideas about sleep right now maybe it's just my way of romanticizing being up in the middle of the night i don't know but um, uh there's a beautiful line um Sylvia Plath, the poet Sylvia Plath, who tragically uh, took her life uh, at the age of 30. She had two young children, and um, she did introduce one of her poems to the BBC. Uh, Nick and the Candlestick is the poem, uh, and her son is Nick. And when he was a little baby, she introduced this poem by describing the feeling that she got um, when she was nursing him at night in candlelight. And she said that she had this feeling looking down at him that that there was so much wrong in the world, that there was so much suffering, so many terrible things, but that at this moment, nursing this little baby, something was redeemed. And I think that's that's just beautiful. Um, so I'm living a pre-industrialist lifestyle right now. Um, so again, in these societies, there are periods of waking and sleeping that are not as well defined. There's certainly not this long idea. You aren't getting your eight hours uh, in these societies. Um, and some some observers believe that this nighttime sleep um, has two main periods and the first is sort of a deep sleep and the second is REM sleep and I think just anecdotally that seems to be true for me is all my dreaming sort of happens in that second half of the night my second sleep until she's up again in the morning Um, and another idea of sleep I mean besides being this transitional state um, just sort of where the subconscious is where we are a little more uh, vulnerable, I guess, to our emotions and um, 
and these ideas and our dreams. Um, sleep has also been uh, associated with death um, since antiquity. If you think about in Greek mythology, Hypnos is the god of sleep and Thanatos is the god of death. Um, and they are brothers. They're both the children of um, Nyx, who's the goddess of night. So you think about how night uh, sort of breeds both sleep and death and sort of this this uh, relation between them. And then just sort of, what do we say? We say rest in peace, you know, a long sleep, good night, you know, all these things um, uh, have an association with death. And um, many, many poets, of course, have made this, made this association. Uh, perhaps one of the most famous sonnets you'll know is Death Be Not Proud by John Donne. I'll just read that now. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me, from rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure. Then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go. Rest of their bones and souls delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell, and poppy or charms can make us sleep as well. And better than thy stroke, why swellest thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. So in this poem, John Donne is um, clearly uh, evoking the belief in the afterlife and also the idea that, uh, you know, that, that death is sort of the final enemy of God and that, uh, that, that even death will be, will be vanquished in sort of the, the final, final things, in the final battle of good versus evil, death will, will be defeated, death will die. And he's also saying, you know, we may be afraid of death, um, but sort of why? <laughs> um, sleep and things like that are sort of precursors to death. Um, sleep is uh, sort of a rehearsal for death, uh, psychologically. And um, there's certainly uh, something nice. I mean, I love sleeping, so <laughs> can't be that bad. That's, a, that's a colloquially, colloquially what he's saying here. Um, and you think about how uh, sleep and dreams are also this time, um, maybe maybe a time for visions, uh, if you think about the dreams of St. Joseph. So there are four dreams of St. Joseph. In the first, he learns um, the miraculous nature of Mary's pregnancy and told not to be afraid to take her as his wife anyway. In the second, he's warned to leave Bethlehem and fly to Egypt. And when in Egypt, he has a third dream um, telling him when he can return to Israel. And finally, he dreams a fourth dream and he's warned of danger and returns um, and travels rather to Galilee instead of back to Judea. So in the Bible, certainly dreams uh, take on a very, a very clear sort of communicative visionary role. And it's interesting to think of who sees an angel when they're awake um, rather versus who sees uh, angels only while they sleep. You think of the difference between sort of the annunciation scenes for both Mary and Joseph. Mary is awake. Um, she's there and she gives her consent, her fiat, and um, has a sort of very back and forth with the angel, whereas St. Joseph is asleep and dreams of this, uh, and dreams of an angel to who just tells him not to be afraid. Um, he says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. That's Matthew 120. So uh, dreams certainly take on a very significant role in many religions. Um, and you think of, of sort of the, the difficulty of differentiating between sort of uh, 
what is a dream and what is a vision. Um, I don't know about you, but um, my dreams sometimes are just absolutely make no sense at all. And if they are a vision, I may be being called to do some really crazy things. So I'm thinking that they are not all uh, a sent to me. <laughs> but I think we all probably have had dreams that where we think this was, you know, sort of significant to me uh, in a way that's beyond just sort of my subconscious sorting through my feelings and thoughts about the day. Um, and of course, dreams in modern our modern ideas in psychoanalysis and psychology, of course, with Freud and Jung and all these um, sort of ideas that have seeped into our society now um, from, from the realm of psychology and psychoanalysis about the role of dreams and um, the role of our subconscious in informing who we are as people and informing our actions and how we process uh, especially sublimated ideas and desires and things like that. So there's sort of an element of out of control um, with our dreams, right? Um, we don't really know uh, we don't, we don't, we can't control them in the same way. Um, and again, that sort of is consistent with that, uh, that thin veil of, of, um, of sleep in, in the middle of the night. Imbas means inspiration and specifically refers to the sacred poetic inspiration believed to be possessed by, um, all the old Irish inspired visionary poets in early Ireland. And again, sorry for my pronunciation, Forzne means illuminated or that which illuminates. So um, descriptions of this practice uh, are associated with this, with this clairvoyant gift um, are found in mythology associated especially with the hero Finn, Finn McCumhall. Oh my gosh. It's just like, almost, sorry, it's just such a tragedy that I love um, Gaelic history so much and can't pronounce it. Um, so I'm sorry about that. Fian Mick come hell. Um, and so the, this practice of sort of achieving this uh, sort of poetic clairvoyance involved um, engaging in sensory deprivation techniques in order to enter like a trance and receive answers or prophecy. Um, so again, um, the idea of poetry and being associated with dreams, with visions, and especially as being seen as a gift from the gods that could only come when your conscious mind was sort of shut off. Uh, definitely associated there with sleep and dreams. Um, and I mean, there's so many stories from, from, you know, especially like Greek mythology, ancient Greek legends. Um, if you think of Epimendius of, of Knossos, um, in that story, um, Epimendius was a shepherd on the Greek island of Crete. And one day one of his sheep went missing and he went out to look for it became tired, fell asleep in a cave, and then when he woke up, he went looking for a sheep but couldn't find it, went back to his farm, and then sees there's a new owner. And not only that, but um, he meets his younger brother, who's now an old man, and he's learned that he's been asleep in the cave for 57 years. Um, if you think of the Christian story of the seven sleepers of Ephesus, um, these Christian, Christian um, uh, converts early on um, fall asleep um, when they're being persecuted, uh, living in fear of martyrdom, and then when they wake up, uh, centuries have passed and they're shocked to find that Rome is a Christian nation now. Uh, and of course, we all probably know the story of Rip Van Winkle, um, 
and and his, uh, his uh, mysterious bowling nine pin men up in the hills, um, who comes back and finds that uh, that that about a hundred years has passed. This is this happens all the time. Um, if you listen back to my other podcast on fairy stories and especially the episode um, about fairies, uh, this this happens a lot. If you enter into the land of fairies, um, that happens especially while you're asleep, um, and you may fall asleep in the land of fairies and find that a lot of time has passed when you wake up. Um, Maybe we've all had similar experiences when we sleep through our alarm. Um, so I think that this idea of sleep and dreams and these veils between time uh, and space uh, that are afforded to us when we allow our conscious mind to sort of shut off um, and trust our subconscious a little bit, uh, allow our subconscious um, free reign is really, really beautiful and allows a lot of opportunities for um for creativity and that creativity associated this sort of um, association between creativity and sleep but also sleep and death but also that that sleep promises you'll wake up right so the long sleep implies that there's going to be a waking up which sort of um, takes away the sting of death right if we think of it as sleeping and not um, not dying so uh all this gives you a lot to think about tonight when you're sleeping or not sleeping or <laughs> um, when you're dreaming and uh, when you're just when you're uh, in that thin place in the middle of the night. I hope this gives you a lot to think about. Um, there's lots more that I could talk about. Um, I, th- I, th- I think maybe a whole other ep- episode I might do something about the idea of the nightmare manifest. If you look up that famous painting, The Nightmare, um, you think about this association between dreams and um, the sort of frightening aspects of our subconscious, the potentiality of frightening things in our subconscious. I think there's a lot to explore there. Um, But I did want to leave too with um, recommendations as I like to do. Uh, The first is a visual one. Uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but if you look up um, just on Google, if you look up if you look up the the sleeping giant Ireland, you'll come up with uh, an image of this island. Um, again, so sorry for my pronunciation. It's um, Inish Tuskert, which in Irish means basically just the Northern Ireland. Uh, if you listen to some of my earlier episodes, you know that I um, was very interested in the Great Blasket Islands. Um, and uh, the this is the northernmost of the Blasket Islands in County Kerry, Ireland. And if you look at a picture, it really looks like a sleeping man. And I think it's really interesting that it's either known as the dead man or the sleeping giant. So again, even in this idea, this name, we have... Um, two ideas in one he's sleeping or he's dead <laughs> um and uh yeah it's just it's just a stunning visual um as well as sort of a poetic um name so something to look up there and then just a song i've been listening to um i love the singer Alison kraus and uh, josie and i have been enjoying listening to her and there's a poet um there's a song called Molly Ban, which is an old Irish um, folk tune that she does uh, with the chieftains that I really enjoy. And the story is sort of a sad story that's told in this song, which is that um, 
uh, a hunter goes out um, and he sees sort of a flash of white and he thinks it's a swan and he shoots at it and it turns out to be his great love Molly Ban uh, she was wearing a white apron so he's accidentally killed his his uh, his one love so one of those classically tragic um, uh, Irish stories but it's a beautiful song and I will play that out for us here to end the episode um, Josie is awake, not nursing anymore, so maybe she wants to say hello. Do you want to say hi, Josie? Hi. <laughs> okay, I think that that is uh, Josie's cue for it's actually time to sleep. All this talk of sleep, and uh, I think it's time for a nap. Let's hope so. Um, as always, you can find out more um, at bornofwonder.com. I'm Katie Marquette. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for following along. Um, on my website, you can sign up for my email list where I try to keep people in the loop. Um, I also send out blog posts and essays and just general updates. So you can sign up there. Um, yes, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's been leaving a review. It really motivates me so much. It makes me want to keep things going. Um, and as you all know, um, probably by now, reviews are so important in getting the word out for new podcasts. And um, every review you leave brings probably another listener to this podcast. So if you can leave a review on iTunes, it would be so appreciated. All right. Thank you so much. Um, I'm Katie Marquette, and you've been listening to Born of Wonder. Here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. <laughs>